United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Got a really fun show for you today. We kick things off with Lori Walker-Hawk, who is, by the way, one of the best analysts the game has ever seen. She did it for 12 years, but she's now been the 24-year head coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes women's soccer team. That included a run a few years back to the College Cup. Lori Walker-Hawk played collegially at UNC. She worked as a coach initially under April Heinrichs. She has touched them all, and she's done it her own way. She kicks off the show because later today on the Big Ten Network at 2 o'clock, it's Ohio State and Indiana. After Lori, Josh Scott, by way of England, is the three-year associate head coach for East Tennessee State men's soccer. Yes, he's on to talk about that program and also talk a little bit of SOCON conference soccer but he's really repping the entire state tennessee is getting it done at all levels youth high school college and pro and josh scott is going to share what's happening in tennessee and we end the show by meeting two more members of our 30 under 30 class both young men are delightful great interviews giovanni monroe and jose rodriguez that's our show and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor team snap Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Kicking off the United Soccer Coaches podcast with one of my all-time faves, big-time coach, big-time analyst, big-time person, Lori Walker-Hawk, big-time player as well at the University of North Carolina. Lori, thanks for kicking off the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. It's great to see you, Dean. I miss miss hanging out with you. Well, I miss hanging out with you, although I'm going to see you a little bit later today. This will be released in the morning, but at 2 o'clock, you'll take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Always important that Thursday part of the Thursday-Sunday games. Let's let's talk about the current season right now and your Buckeye team. Yeah, you know, it's it's been an interesting year, and um, it's awesome to be back playing. I mean, I think that's the first thing. Um, I think we were a little aggressive thinking we could get two games in a weekend. You know, I think uh, um, we're 2-1-2 and right now. We've had a lot of close matches, and we're sitting in third place in the conference. Um, We are one game behind because we did have to postpone a game against Nebraska. So, you know, I think all things told, the season's gone well. It's very weird. I wake up every day, and I think it's October. You know, I think it's like October 25th instead of uh, March 25th. And so um, that's odd. I've been doing this a long time and been doing this here for a long time. So, Um, But it's beautiful here right now. It's like 60 degrees outside, so we can't complain too much. Well said. 24 years now as the head coach, 25 years total at Ohio State. And obviously, you're now a Buckeye. I mean, I know you've got a little Tar Heel in you, but uh, you're all scarlet and gray just about, aren't you? Yeah, but let's let's get one thing out of the way. I should never be allowed to pick a bracket. (laughs) Because that's that's about how I did. And... um, 
I don't know that anybody else did any better than I did, but uh, yeah, I had uh, I had my Buckeyes going through to win a national championship. So clearly that didn't happen, but we still love them. And uh, this has been a crazy tournament for basketball to watch. So we're just having fun here in Columbus. Yeah, for those of you that are listening to just the audio part, she held up her bracket and all I because there was a whole lot of X's and not a whole lot of yellows, meaning any progress on, on her bracket as we're joined by Lori Walker-Hawk. As we think about today's game coming up on the Big Ten Network against Indiana, obviously Indiana's got a new coach as well. You're seeing different coaches come in and out. But, I mean, you and Janet Rayfield, I think, are holding it down, right, as the longest-tenured coaches in the, in the conference? I don't, I'm not the fact checker, but you know, I'm, I'm proud that we've got some, uh, you know, amazing coaches in the big 10 and in particular, you know, the other women that I've been working alongside for a long time. I mean, you know, Erica Dombach at Penn state, uh, Paula Wilkins up there at, uh, at Wisconsin, Janet, as you mentioned, and then of course, one of our favorites, Steph Galan up at Minnesota. I mean, I think the big 10's done a great job to promote their female coaches and I love working with the, the four of them and competing against them. So, um, it's a great conference and, We've all been here a long time, so I don't. I don't know. Other Tom Saxon, I think, actually holds the longest tenure at 29 years. So yeah, Tom Saxon deserves a shout out, and you deserve a shout out because you know here's the deal, Laura. You're still a young woman, but you know the Hall of Fames are starting to come. The Long Island players, I understand, just uh, inducted you into their Hall of Fame. Tell us about that because I caught that the other day on social media. Yeah, so that was really special. Um, my coach at the time, his name is John Fitzgerald, and I have stayed in touch. And uh, there's a funny story there. You know, every great player has one coach that cut them at some point in their life. And John Fitzgerald was the guy that cut me when I was 14 from the New York State team. And fast forward, you know, 40 years, and he wound up basically nominating me to be in the Long Island Soccer Player Hall of Fame. And we had a great banquet via Zoom. Uh, a week ago, and it was a, a wonderful honor, you know, to, to sit with other people and, and hear the stories and reminisce about, you know, my time on Long Island. Um, I actually grew up in Albany, but they adopted me and they brought me down for my, my last couple years of club soccer. I played for the Massapequa Falcons and, and Peter Masada, um, but I was also a big part of the Eastern New York soccer program, the state teams at the time, and then the regional teams and uh, and then eventually with the youth national team. So it was um, it was funny. You know me, Dean, and I'm not short on words. But after the introduction that he gave me, I mean, I, I was pretty choked up. So really cool to be recognized by your roots and and to connect with some of the people back there. So it, it was really touching. Well, that just shows you got a big old heart in there, and we know that. In fact, I will say to me, you demonstrated your heart during the COVID time, because I remember trying to reach you. We were trying to work some things out and you're like, you know what, right now, all I'm concerned about is my athletes, making sure they're safe, making sure they can get back to their families and everything else. I really feel like Lori, when the COVID hit, it was all about players first. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think when COVID hit, nobody knew what to expect, obviously, but um, I tried to put myself back in the shoes of being a college student. And I think what was being asked of, of our athletes at every level with, with, with every program, it's a lot, you know, the things that they've been asked to give up their social lives, um, you know, staying at home with your parents. I mean, that was for me, the biggest thing I couldn't imagine moving back home with mom and dad and having to be home for six months when I was supposed to be in college. So we just spent a lot of time on zoom. Uh, I met, you know, with small groups, we went class by class. And then every week we would have at least two full meetings with our team. And, you know, we really set them up very quickly on, on a path where we gave them a choice. Basically every day you wake up and you can either be distracted, you know, and sit around and watch Netflix or you can be on a path of distinction. And so um, we've all had our days of being distracted during COVID and um, 
what we've tried to do with our athletes is just, you know, reorient them back into a path of being distinct. And we came back super fit. Um, you know, our, our souls were in a very good place because of the connections that we made. And all we had to do was remember how to kick a soccer ball. And that took a little while in the fall, but um, we're playing great right now. And I think the time that we spent getting to know each other and not talking about soccer, really talking about life skills and, and things that were happening and how we really felt about being isolated was really pretty amazing. And so I like to think I'm seeing the silver lining, you know, in, in, in being away from the game for so long. Um, we appreciate it every day, like every day that we're out at training, you know, my seniors are just smiling and loving being there because when something's taken away from you, you really start to appreciate it. So I think we've handled it well. And uh, I'm super excited for the fall and some normalcy. But, um, you know, we've got this season right now in the spring to navigate. You mentioned your seniors, but one of the things that I've heard from a lot of coaches, uh, particularly through the Big Ten and on the Big Ten Network, is that for that extra time with the freshmen or transfers, that they really were able to utilize that during the COVID time in training. Do you feel the same way? Well, I've always wondered what it would be like. You know, you look at our, our friends at lacrosse who – bring their athletes in and start working with them in September. And then their season doesn't start until February, you know, what that would be like. And it really was great, especially with the younger players. Um, they had a much easier transition. It was much milder. Um, you know, when you're in your off season, it's a lot of smiles and it's a lot of, let's just get better. You know, you don't have that pressure of preparing for the next game. They didn't have the pressure of, am I starting? Am I not starting? Why am I playing? Why am I not playing? So it really was a good time to get to know them. But I tell you, um, I was left a little empty at the end of that spring because, or the fall because we didn't get to travel, right? And that's where you really get to know your players. You spend time in the hotels with them. Um, and so I felt like we were in a really good place from a soccer perspective, but I really didn't know them as well as I would have liked to. So these last couple of weeks have been great. You know, we've been on the road a bit and hanging out in hotels and, you know, we eat every meal in. And um, it's been great to get to know them as, as people even more. We started with today's game. I want to end with today's game, but not before I ask you to go down memory lane because you've had an incredible career. So, Lori Walker-Hawk, I want your best memory during your time at North Carolina where you won a handful of national championships. Then we'll get to your best memory as a coach, hopefully at Ohio State. But uh, what's your best memory as a player during your time as a Tar Heel? I mean, I think – the thing that I always remember first and foremost at Carolina was that very first time that I got to put my Jersey on, you know, as a college athlete, you've waited, you've waited, you've anticipated it. And that first time, you know, for me, it was a long sleeve red Schumacher Jersey. Uh, we were Adidas sponsored at the time and I still have the Jersey and, you know, I hold it dear to my heart because that first time you pull on a Jersey, you really feel like you're part of something special. So I would start with that. You know, and I could go on for hours about memories of the players that I played with and what I learned from Anson and Bill Palladino. I mean, it was just a defining moment in my life. You know, I by no means was one of the best players in that program. Um, I had to work my tail off and, um, you know, every day I got better academically, I had to work my tail off. And so it's one of the places that I really learned the value of hard work. And before we get to your best memory as a coach, what was your tipping point to say you wanted to be a coach? Was it while you were at UNC or was it a little bit later? No, Dean, you know everything in my life happens as an accident. You've known me long enough. I just fell into that. I ran into April Heinrichs one day outside of uh, the soccer hut, which was the soccer offices. And I really didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And uh, basically, she offered me a job. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let me go coach. She offered me mm -hmm. a $6,000 part-time job. Uh, living it in DC, outside DC at the University of Maryland. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. 
um, well, do the math, that didn't work out so well. And um, I was pretty poor. And, you know, I had to get all kinds of odd jobs. I did a ton of coaching, obviously goalkeeper training and, and those types of things. And what I found after a year of, of really working my tail off is I just loved it. I loved the freedom. I loved the challenge. And I wasn't ready to give the game up. We didn't have a pro league, right? So back then it was your college career ended and you were sort of done. There wasn't, you know, you could go play in Europe or go to Australia. Um, there wasn't any of that. So that was my mechanism to stay in the game was to start coaching. And now best memories, I got to believe it's running all the way to the national championship. But uh, what are your top one or two moments as a head coach at Ohio State? Well, I mean, again, those are, there's so many of them, but one of the ones that I hold the dearest in my heart is I had about 10 minutes by myself uh, in Cary when we had uh, made it to the college cup. And, you know, it's, it's right in the backyard of, of, of Tar Heel land. And so um, I was up there in the press box all by myself and I'm looking at, you know, the North Carolina logo and the Ohio state logo. And it just sort of brought things all for full circle for me. Um, you know, I got a tear in my eye. I was glad nobody was up there with me because I, I felt kind of silly, but to have brought a team to that same point, you know, that I was able to reach uh, as an athlete, you know, I was there four times, which is amazing, but to now be there as a coach was really um, fulfilling and special. And, um, you know, it, it, it really uh, tied a lot of things together for me. So it was incredible. You're more than just a coach, though. You are what I consider the best analyst of the game. And I know you haven't done it in several years, but you and I had the opportunity to do a couple games on Fox Soccer, particularly a really good game against USA Sweden. Of course, you left me in the dust and went on to do Olympics and other great things. Uh, what's your best memory as being an analyst? Yeah, I love I love that part of it. I did it for 12 years. Um, I mean, one of my best memories was the fact that I had absolutely no experience. Like I said before, you know, I just sort of throw myself into things. I don't have a lot of fear and I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's try this. So I'd never done television. And so my very first game uh, was, you know, live on Madison Square Garden. And I knew nothing about television. They kept saying this word, you know, Elvis in my ear. I didn't know who Elvis was. I thought Elvis had <laughs> left the building. And the light came on and I literally froze, right? And I'm literally thinking my grandmother's watching this. All my friends from Long Island are watching. And I literally, I stood, at, I stood and just stared at the camera like that. <laughs> like nothing was coming out of my mouth. And, you know, the text messages started and, you know, dude, you're terrible at this, you know, and, you know, from some of my best friends. So for me, that was one of um, the great memories. Wendy Gabauer Palladino is the one that got me into television. And, um, you know, we had some great memories back and forth in those, those early uh, days of the pro leagues and um, and then going to the Olympics in Greece for 26 days it was incredible you know I wake up every day I'm looking at the Acropolis and you know hanging out in a pool doing all my homework for for all the games so um, you know I was I was lucky to do two Olympics the second one was the Beijing Olympics and we actually filmed that uh, from the from the um, studio of Saturday Night Live wow and so that was really cool to be in New York City and you know to be on that set and to think of all the people that were there um, and then I also did a World Cup in between that. So um, the television part was really special for me. I think it came along at a time where coaching was uh, wearing me down a bit and it really brought and reinvigorated me. It brought my love for the game back because it just challenged me in a whole different way. And that was at a different time, even for women's soccer. Today is so much different. Now you have add a football. You have, of course, the USA winning back-to-back -back World Cups. You have the emergence of NWSL. You have all of the wonderful leagues in Europe. You have the level of play in college soccer. I'm just, it's blowing my mind how good these teams are. And I know I'm going to see a good Buckeye team today on the Big Ten Network. But 
women's soccer has never been better, Lori Walker Hawk, at all levels. I mean, including in the like ECNL, I mean, the developmental leagues, just off the charts, high level of play. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's something to be proud of, you know, to be part of the grassroots and and sort of grow up with the game. Um, it is. It's it's amazing to see, and I love the fact that the conversations I have with my seniors, you know, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to go, you know, to Wall Street and use that finance degree you just got, or do you want to go to Europe and you know play on a team? Do you want to play in the NWSL? You know, what do you want to do? The number of choices and opportunities that are available to our players. Um, it's super exciting, you know, and there's a, a small part of me that wishes, you know, I, I would have had that chance to, you know, play pro. I think when um, the first pro league opened, uh, I was 25. I was a head coach at the University of Kansas. And I think I, I tried to work out for two weeks and I decided, nah, I like being on this side of the whistle. I wasn't willing to give up this great career I had already being a head coach to, you know, give that pro thing a try. So it's it's incredible how far it's come. Um, I love the fact that our players have so many choices and and to watch. Um, you know, players that I've known for years to go on and just do amazing things. It's, um, it's super exciting. As a proud coach and a proud woman, I always feel like one of the things that I've admired about you is you've definitely danced to your own beat and you've made your own way. But, you know, I know you touch United Soccer coaches here and there. You definitely touch them when you're ranked really high because it's always attached to either NSCAA or now United Soccer coaches. But no matter how you've touched United Soccer coaches, what has the organization meant to the game and to you? Well, for me, I think the greatest part of, you know, being a part of United Soccer Coaches, which at one point, you know, when I was younger, the NSCAA, um, is the people, you know, and, and the, the networking, the coaches you meet. Um, when I was a young coach trying to find my way, you know, you're an assistant, everybody wants to help you. And once you become a head coach, you sort it's like, you know, you've, you've got uh, the plague or you've got the COVID and everybody sort of avoids you. And so that was where I really got a chance to network and grow my game and grow um, my understanding of how to navigate certain things. I was put on committees way too young. You know, I hardly knew any of the acronyms they were using on these committees, you know, that Louise Waxler would throw me in and, uh, you know, Leslie Gallimore would recruit me to come and, you know, do something and Janet Rayfield, they're all pulling me in and, you know, Sue Ryan, Hey, you need to do this. And, you know, I'd sit there and my head would be spinning and, you know, the, the women that I've met, um, the men that have helped me along the way, it's just, uh, that's what it's all about. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm a little outspoken and, you know, I can rub some people the wrong way, but, you know, as I like to say, quiet women rarely make history. So um, <laughs> here I am, and I'm my own person and, and I'm proud of that. And, uh, you know, it's, this has been an amazing, amazing journey. All right, let's end with this. You'll be proud if the Buckeyes do what to get a win over Indiana. I guess I'm asking for the keys for the game later today on the big 10 network. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, um, you know, the, the first thing is just our execution, right? And our goal is always to get 1% better than we were the last time. And we played really well against Illinois, moving the ball up the field with purpose, finding, um, you know, our forwards, linking in with our midfield and having variety in our attack. I mean, I think for us, that's a real key to this. You know, we're not a, uh, a one edge sword that if you stop this, you're going to stop the Buckeyes. So, you know, I would say that would be my first thing. Our second thing always is our team defending, you know, how hard do we work? And, um, you know, how, how connected are we as a unit? Are, is our head on a swivel? You know, are we working hard for the player next to us? Um, you know, and then the third thing is our capacity to adapt to the game. You know, one of the beauties of, of coaching a quality coach like Erwin is, um, you know, he's, it's a chess match, right? He's going to do something, I'm going to do something. And, and we just kind of go back and forth and the player's capacities to adjust to that. Um, again, it's, it's just what makes it all fun for us.
So those would be my keys to the game. Of course, she's talking about Erwin Van Bennekom, who now leads the Hoosiers coming over after being a great assistant at Duke, a big rival of Lori Walker's alma mater, North Carolina. That's 2 o'clock, Ohio State and Indiana, as we are so pleased to be joined by the 24-year head coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Lori Walker-Hawk. Thanks for kicking off the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks, Dean. Great to see you. From Ohio, we head to Tennessee, where we meet Josh Scott, who is the associate head coach at East Tennessee State University, and he is so proud of all levels of the game in Tennessee, youth, high school, college, and pro. Josh Scott, associate head coach, East Tennessee State, after this message. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash college. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I want to thank Lori Walker-Hawk, the head coach at Ohio State. Remember, at 2 o'clock today, you'll see Ohio State take on Indiana from Columbus on the Big Ten Network. Now we put the focus on Tennessee, but we do it with an English accent as Josh Scott is the associate head men's soccer coach at East Tennessee State, where, by the way, they were the 2019 SOCON regular season runners-up, the 2018 regular season runners-up, the 2017 regular season champions, the 2016 SOCON regular season champions, SOCON tournament finalists, and NCAA first-round participants in 2015. They were a finalist, and the list goes on and on. And we're pleased to be joined by Josh Scott, who's going to rep Tennessee as a state. So, Josh, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, uh, Dino. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, well, we're delighted to have you, and we understand you just had a game, actually. So tell us about the result of the game, and now I think you're going to see your son play high school soccer. Yeah, that's that's right. So we just we just played a day game versus Belmont, um, who are actually unbeaten this season. Today was our fourth game in 10 days. Um, the joys of college soccer. So some tied legs out there went over to double overtime and we managed to get a tie. 0-0 zero, zero, end of uh, double overtime. And then your son will tonight play. What team does he play for? Yeah, so um, he's a freshman at Harlem Valley High School um, here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So he's uh, going to be making his, uh, his debut tonight. He's the only freshman that made the varsity team. Uh, really proud of him. So he's going to be playing tonight against Collins High School here in Knoxville. Perfect. All right, Josh. Well, obviously, we mentioned the English accent. So before we promote soccer in Tennessee as a whole, the entire state, and that's professional, college, youth, you name sure. it. T tell us your path, how you ended up over here and how you ended up then eventually at East Tennessee State. Go ahead and don't leave anything out. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been I've been here in America now only 15, uh, 15 and a half years. Um, I, I originally came over here to, to study and to play. Um, I went the JUCO route. Um, I was playing in professional academies in England, managed to work my, work my way up playing in the non-league, semi-pro leagues. Had some really great achievements there. Went over to Finland, played in Finland professionally for a little while. Um, and then I decided to come to America. And at the time, um, I went the JUCO route and then went to play at an NAIA school called Milligan University. And then from there, I knew I wanted to get into coaching, where my first coaching opportunity was at Emory & Henry, a Division Three school, who are about to go Division Two. 
and then kind of been, I think I'm in my 10th, 11th year full-time coaching now, where I went from Emory and Henry um, to Tusculum University, uh, a very well-respected Division II program. And then I kind of did a, some work here in Knoxville, Tennessee at the semi-pro level within MPSL and, and the club scene and Super 20 and Super Y uh, back in the day with, with United Soccer Leagues. Um, and then I took the job at Longwood University in Virginia. And then from Longwood, I returned back to Tusculum um, as the associated coach where I was there for, for a few years. Um, and then that kind of springboarded me into my role here at ETSU which is a fantastic opportunity because my wife actually played at ETSU. We've got a lot of family and friends in the area, Milligan University, where my alma mater is right next to ETSU. I've very much followed this path of kind of always trying to stay uh, true to and, and loyal to the Knoxville and East Tennessee area. Um, so it's been a fantastic journey, very grateful. So I'm kind of in my third year. Uh, going on my fourth year at ETSU right now. And tell us who you work for, who the head coach is there, because I understand he also has a brother that just won a natty. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Coach Casper, David Casper, um, is who I work alongside. He was the assistant at University of Kentucky for six years. We took the job together at ETSU. Um, his brother is Michael Casper, who just won a national championship at Georgetown. So, you know, in great company, a great network of friends and coaches there. Michael Castle was also at Notre Dame before Georgetown. So, you know, we've got great people that we can turn to, great soccer conversations, and again, another great network of, of, of soccer people. One of the things I like about what you're doing there at East Tennessee State is you're also repping the entire state. And you had reached out to me to say, hey, let's pay attention to Tennessee. And you know what? You're right. I mean, Tennessee yeah. is amazing. I know a lot of the clubs there. I'm actually good friends with Taylor Johnson and Stuart Brown from the Tennessee Soccer Club. Yeah. Of course, Mike Jacobs, I've known forever, who is the uh, got a big time role with the Nashville MLS team. And then yeah. Chattanooga, Bill Notto, who was my GM of the 94 World Cup team. He kind of helps them from afar. Tennessee is happening on all levels. It's more than just music. There's some soccer making music down there, yes, right? Uh, yes, there is, Dino. It's been an, an amazing uh, past few years just kind of, elevating the, the soccer landscape here in Tennessee. Um, it's, there's such a bright future here uh, with the development and the growth of the beautiful game here in Tennessee. So it, it's very much growing, no doubt about it. Yeah, so let's pinpoint all of that. You know, break it down. So tell me what you like about the youth game. Tell me what you like sure. about the college game. Tell me what you like about the pro game and say all the names. We drop a lot of names on this show. When, when you really look back at the, you know, the, the history here in Knoxville, there's been some amazing uh, youth clubs here that have been very successful. Um, a lot of uh, players in this area have actually gone on to the, the professional ranks, one being Aaron Schoenfeld, who just signed for Austin FC. He's an ETSU alum. He's from Bearden High School here in Knoxville. He was at Minnesota, um, but he's just joined us. A few more lads um, that are from Knoxville um, that also go and play in some of the MLS academies. So it's definitely a bit of a sleeping giant where there's been some great achievements of players moving on to bigger, better things. You've got, you know, six to seven clubs here in the area. Um, in East Tennessee, you've got a, you've got a, multiple clubs in Chattanooga, uh, multiple clubs um, in Memphis, uh, Nashville, Tri-Cities, you know, so it, it's very much a, a landscape that keeps growing. Um, you, you mentioned Stuart Brown at TSC. He's doing an amazing job there with TSC. You've got FC Alliance here in Knoxville. Um, th those guys have been around for, for quite a long time and, and really trying to put a good product out there. You know, um, you've got the, the, the soccer up in the Tri-Cities, Northeast Tennessee. You know, Chattanooga's really growing with a new club there. So 
you know, the youth scene's very much um, coming to life, you know, and it's and, and it's offering opportunity um, and, and hopefully it can keep growing where people can come together and collaborate um, and be like-minded people where we can keep growing the beautiful game and offering opportunity. The college game here, you've got University of Tennessee with Brian Penske, who's, done, who's a good friend. He's done an amazing job. Um, you know, you've got local Division Two, Division Three schools that have all been highly successful with Carson Newman and Tusculum and Maryville College. That's Division Three. You know, you've got ETSU and Milligan in Northeast Tennessee. Milligan, Miami Matter just won their conference championship um, a couple of days ago. Um, David Lilly is the head coach. They're a good friend of mine. He was the assistant to Bo Oshiani, who's now at Dartmouth, and and Scott Calabrese, who's now at UCF. He was the assistant there for eight years for those two at ETSU. Issue, um, you know, and the list just keeps going on and on, you know. So it's very much a state when you look at the youth and the college and the pro game, and you look at that vertical progression. It, it, it's such an exciting time, and obviously, as you know, Dino, you've got the you've got the pro club in Memphis, you've got MLS in Nashville, you've got two pro clubs in Chattanooga, you've got USL League Two teams in in, in Northeast Tennessee, and then it's just been announced that there's a new USL ownership group here here in Knoxville that's uh, destined to do big things. So it's such an exciting time. Yes, I'm from London, England, but, you know, Knoxville and, and Tennessee means means a lot to me, um, you know, so it's just such an exciting time. Man, I like all those names. Make sure when you talk to Coach Penske to tell him that he needs to make sure that the girl named Foley, I went to high school with her mom, Julie Foley, and I know she was right. excited about going down to Tennessee, so make sure she gets some extra playing time, okay? And then Scott <laughs> Calabrese, I worked with at the North Carolina Courage, Bo Shani, I worked with when, you know, calling Penn State games. I mean, you dropped yeah. a ton of names there that uh, I've got yeah. bad admiration for. And one of the inter interesting things I think that you ended with is the fact that USL has created a platform for these cities that aren't massive in Tennessee, but to be able to succeed perhaps at USL 1 or USL 2. Exactly. And USL's really done an amazing job kind of elevating their brand um, and really trying to strategically regionalize their leagues. Um, they, they've targeted some fantastic areas that, are, that was maybe underdeveloped, um, that just needed a little bit more um, attention and, and detail. Um, and they've done an amazing job kind of targeting areas, especially here in Tennessee, to help grow the game. Because the Southeast region, when you talk about scheduling um, and just kind of the logistics, you know, uh, Tennessee's right in the middle of, obviously, you got, you know, your Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Virginia, your Carolinas, you know, so it was just a no-brainer to really try and develop this state. And, you know, the guys over there at, at USL with, with, with Liam uh, McConnell and um, uh, O'Connell, sorry, and then, you know, the Jason Collister and, and all the other guys that are kind of doing a fantastic job there, you know, they're, they're working extremely hard um, to just kind of offer opportunities just to really kind of change the mindset of, how people think and how we can come together to offer more platforms and more opportunities, you know, to try and keep growing this game here in America, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, America, it's come a long way with its soccer landscape. And, you know, with America being so big, you know, it's very important to develop each state and then hopefully like-minded people that, 
that are willing to collaborate and come together and, and grow the game for the greater good. I'm really enjoying this conversation with Josh Scott. He is the East Tennessee State University associate head men's soccer coach and the recruiting coordinator, really big pimp in the state of Tennessee from youth all the way to pro. I also notice in your signature, it says BucksSoccerAcademy.com. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, so that's uh, that's an all-year-round program um, that we offer at ETSU. Um, we try and run, you know, day camps, residential camps, ID camps. Obviously, with the pandemic right now, um, everything was halted. But, you know, we've done a fantastic job kind of putting our camps out there. You know, we have uh, hundreds of kids come through our doors um, that, that can see our brand on and off the field, that can see our campus there at ETSU, that can see how beautiful Northeast Tennessee is. Um, so Book Soccer Academy is our all-year-round program um, for, for boys, uh, male players, um, kind of ages from six all the way up to 18, 19 high school ages. Um, and, and the focus there is to obviously build relationships um, and, and to offer opportunities. And, you know, what one thing about ETSU that we really like is it's such a, a university full of so much diversity. Um, we've got players from all over the world. Um, there's a lot of diversity represented at ETSU, you know, so we try and offer a program uh, where we can just kind of give every, every type of um, male soccer player the opportunity to come and enjoy the beautiful game, um, you know. So uh, it's been a fantastic uh, journey so far implementing these camps and implementing these events. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic hit, but, you know, we'll bounce back um, stronger than ever. Josh Scott, East Tennessee State University. You sold me on the entire state. Sell me on the SOCON conference, men's and women's soccer. How good is it? On the, on the women's side, you know, we just got a new staff um, at ETSU, the Yelton brothers, Matt and Jay Yelton, their brother Todd Yelton's the head coach at Samford. You know, unbelievable soccer family. They, they, they're new to the, the, the university. So um, they're doing an amazing job kind of bringing an identity and, and really kind of uh, focusing in on, on, on the player from Tennessee. Um, and I know how hard these guys work, so they're going to do an amazing job. On the women's side, you know, I know that this, the programs are so strong. You know, Samford can compete with anybody in the country. You know, Furman's um, always really strong. It, I think top to bottom, it, there's no easy game. So, um, and on the men's side, it's quite interesting because there's been a lot of new head coaches over the past few years. You know, SOCON's become this conference where, you know, it really kind of helps uh, coaches um, prove themselves. Um, you know, and kind of springboard their careers, you know. And one thing I like about the SOCON is because we're located kind of in the Southeast region, we really um, roll our sleeves up and willing to play anybody, you know. We, we face schools from the Conference USA, ACC, you know, the Sun Belt, uh, you know, the Big East, you know, and, and the list goes on. So, you know, with the new head coaches coming into the league, it's got really competitive. Uh, you know, we played Belmont today, you know. Uh, Coach Costa um, and his assistants there have done an unbelievable job elevating that program. You've got Brad Russo at, at Mercer that are just consistently in the NCAAs from year to year. You've got the staff over at UNCG that have really kind of elevated that program and brought an identity to it. Joel, who is obviously working in the pros, who's now in college at Wofford. You know, it's so competitive. Um, a lot of good spirits, though. A lot of kind of high-energy guys. Um, so it, our job gets harder, obviously, but it's it's a fantastic league um, to kind of rep, uh, to have teams represent our league to go up against the big boys when called upon. So um, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to coach in the SoCon. It's a league. It's very tough. You've got to be mentally strong, big, physical, um, and, and, and willing to, again, roll your sleeves up and have a strong mentality. So 
um, it's been a fantastic experience so far. A few more questions for Josh Scott, East Tennessee State University, associate head men's soccer coach. Really enjoying this conversation, Josh. You very much already sound like a head coach to me. So I'm wondering, sure. you talk about the springboard for other coaches. I got to believe Coach Casper knows with your talent and your ability and even the way you hand, handle the media like me, that is that part of your aspirations down the road or are you just settled in there at East Tennessee State? Of course, I think I'm in a position where, you know, I've really, I've really tried to take my time as far as learning and, and with my coaching education and with being mentored the right way. You know, I said to myself 10, 11 years ago, I don't, I don't want to rush my coaching career. I want to make sure that when I, when I do make that jump, I'm completely ready. And I've, and I've worked underneath some fantastic people that have been very successful in the pro game, in pro academies, in, in the college game. Um, and it's really nurtured me to, to what I am today. And, uh, you know, I love East Tennessee. Um, I love ETSU. Um, I'm very grateful for my job, but obviously I'm ambitious. Um, and, and my focus is, is obviously to always make sure I'm better in myself, but better in myself, but also balancing my expectations. You know, my focus is obviously making sure I'm a good, good family man, a good, good husband, a good father. Um, I, I prioritize that over, over everything, um, you know, and I'm very loyal to East Tennessee. I'm very loyal uh, to, to the people that I'm around, my friends. Um, you know, I'm not that coach that's just going to get up and move across the country. You know, I really want to try and develop the areas that, that, I'm, that I'm living in and that I'm buying into. Um, and that means a lot to me. And that goes from the younger ages all the way up to the college players, you know, really, really kind of building that repertoire um, and that credibility where people can call upon and where I can hopefully leave a, a bit of a legacy, um, you know, in 20, 30 years where, you know, I, I help people. I help people move on to bigger, better things. I help people become better themselves and, and grow themselves. And, and also I'm learning as well. You know, I'm in my mid-30s and I think I'm always willing to learn and grow as well. So obviously there's always kind of the aspirations to try and be a, a head coach um, and to maybe work in the pro game one day and, and I'm, I'm always making sure I'm prepared for that but I think right now I'm just so grateful that I get to coach this this unbelievable game in a state that's really making moves. Yeah you're doing a great job selling the values of being in Tennessee you talk about learning and growing can you also sell the values of what United Soccer Coaches has meant to you Josh? It's, it's been amazing United Soccer Coaches um, I can remember um, I think it was nearly nine ten years ago now I was I was on one of the first ever DOC courses at University of Delaware. Um, and as a younger coach at the time, I can remember coming away thinking, you know, th this is fantastic. You know, I'm a product of England as a player, um, you know, played in some pro academies, you know, played um, in kind of like the, the fifth, fourth, fifth tier um, of, of football there in England. But coming over to America and just having that opportunity to meet new people and how welcoming everybody was at United Soccer Coaches, you know, and that's why I stayed dedicated to them and did all my courses, you know, and obviously I'm doing a lot of uh, course assessments to United Soccer Coaches right now to help uh, past coaches and to make that next step in their coaching uh, journey as well. And it, they, they've done so much for me and I'm forever going to be grateful because, you know, I think I learned so much from those courses, traveling down to Florida, traveling to Delaware, collaborating, learning, getting feedback being put in positions where I have to grow and be confident as a as a younger coach and, and keep growing as a person as well. And, you know, I think United Soccer Coaches, it's it's grown to what it is today because it encourages people to be 
uh, to, to, to want to be around people. It encourages people to want to build relationships and network. And I think to be an effective leader, an effective soccer coach, um, in, in any type of role in soccer in general, I think you have to be good with people. I think you have to um, have empathy and humility, and I think you have to be a people person. And that's something that United Soccer Coaches is really encouraged. So I really enjoyed it. Wow. Another great soundbite coming from Josh Scott. We'll end with this. I don't know how you did, but uh, I definitely married up, married outside of my my range. And part of that is my wife's family. They live in Franklin and they also have a place in McMinnville in the mountains. So we love going to Franklin just outside of Nashville and McMinnville. I'm not sure how close that is to you because Tennessee's a, a bigger state than people realize, especially as you think, you know, going horizontally, it stretches quite a bit. But if I ever do make it to East Tennessee's sake, can I look you up and uh, buy you a coffee? Oh, that would be absolutely amazing, Dino. Um, you know, I think East Tennessee has got a great reputation of people being kind and welcoming. There's a great culture here. Um, and, you know, I'm always up for a coffee, no doubt about it. So, um, you know, I look forward to that. All right, Josh Scott, East Tennessee State University, associate head men's soccer coach. Yes, he did say good things about East Tennessee State. And of course he said good things about his conference, but he went well beyond that. Talking about all the great youth soccer clubs, all the great colleges and all the great pro clubs as well. Repping Tennessee in a big way. I enjoyed it, Josh Scott. Thanks so much for being a part of this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks, Dino. Thank you for everything. Thank you for having me, and I'll speak to you guys soon. When we return, we meet two more members of our 30 Under 30 class, Giovanni Monroe and Jose Rodriguez, both great young men, after these messages. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer and again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm Dean Linky. Pleased to be joined by Giovanni Monroe. I like that name and I like that he's a member of the 30 under 30 class. Giovanni, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to be with you. We understand you're in Washington State. Tell us what uh, your current job is right now in the soccer world, sir. So I work at uh, Issaquah Gunner Soccer Club, and I'm the select director of coaching at the club. I oversee all the select teams at the club, and then I also coach five of our premier teams, 
as well. So quite a big workload. All right. Before you got to this point, just looking at you, I can tell you've already done some amazing things. So you're in Washington State now, but where did you start? Did you play club? Did you play college? Did you do some other things before you got to this current job? Walk us through that. I actually got my start in uh, Portland, Oregon. I was playing college soccer, Warren Pacific, and I tore my ACL. No season left, and I just decided to get into coaching, you know. So being out injured lets you watch the game plenty. We got to see my teammates play all the time. And uh, my coach gave me an opportunity to work with uh, Oregon ODP. So got my start there, worked in club soccer around Portland, Oregon, and developed a real passion for it. I coached a lot of high school teams and I went so far as changing my major from business to sports management. After I graduated, I ended up going to, to England to learn more about coaching. I did a master's in sports coaching there and got to coach a lot of different teams. I saw academy teams, pro teams, got to see them all up close. And I got to coach at quite a high level over there too. Managed to coach a couple of university teams in England and Wales. That led me to meeting my wife over there and us coming back to Washington, the Pacific Northwest, which is where we love to be. Oh, awesome, man. Like a double love story. The love of coaching, you meet the love of your life, and now you're married. So I like stories like that. I'm very much a romantic Giovanni, so that works out right. Does does she have an English accent or? Oh, she's actually from the Czech Republic. So okay. I happen to go to like the one city in England which has more <laughs> Czech people than English people. So yeah. <laughs> All right. What does she think about your soccer journey? I mean, she loves it, obviously. I mean, we uh, we met over there through me just coaching and we uh, we have our newborn son so a lot to love just about our coaching journey it's allowed us to see a lot of great places in the world too and the name of your newborn son Dante Dante all right I love it well you mentioned your soccer journey I often ask the 30 under 30 members to give me your greatest memory so far in your soccer journey either as a player or as a coach there's a lot to choose from but I think one of my favorite ones was pretty recent actually so just before the COVID pandemic hit, we went on a tournament to Arizona and uh, I was with this one team that they were just struggling before I got them. This, this was a new team for me to have. And this was our first you know, kind of tournament experience. The rest of the club had the worst tournament experience. All the other teams at the club lost every game they could. Players weren't playing well, but our team was the one team that was doing amazingly. We could do no wrong. We scored as any of like the craziest goals we scored when we two our players just had a, a different gear that they were able to hit and we ended up winning the tournament and it was just the coolest tournament final you know every goal that we scored in it we were just amazing and then all the rest of our club the staff and all the other players who were came to the tournament were also there to watch so they got to see like all of our boys just win this awesome tournament and it was a great moment not just for the boys but also for our club as a whole just to be able to support us and yeah i get to get something really positive over the weekend yeah awesome that is a special memory i'm so glad you shared it and i'm also glad that you shared that uh, soccer education is huge because to go over across the pond to really get involved in coaching shows that you care about it that means when you learned about the 30 under 30 you probably saw it as another opportunity to grow and learn, right? I think as a coach, it's always super important to to never rest and think you know everything about the game. Um, there's obviously always new trends you can you can learn. There's new things being tried out with technology or new thoughts about the game. I just love learning every single bit I can. I'm such a soccer nerd about it. So if I can meet someone who can teach me something I don't know, 
I'm all for it. And I've been super grateful for 30 Under 30 for connecting me with a, a great mentor and all the educational experiences I could get from it. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot again, because you said if you could meet somebody to grow from and learn, if you could pick anybody, any coach out there, it can be overseas, it can be here in this country, it can be the Premier League, it can be Bundesliga. I mean, what coach would you pick and why? Who would you want to sit down and pick the brain of? Bob Bradley, actually. Okay. Purely because I, I respect his uh, kind of like his grit, you know, a bit of a bit of old school nature about him. But I, that was uh, I first actually started watching soccer and like the Bob Bradley years of the U.S. game. And I loved watching the U.S. team just because they were always underdogs. You could never count them out, even against a big team. I remember um, in 2009, there was a Confederations Cup and the U.S. was playing Spain. I remember watching with my dad and I was like, my dad was like, oh, USA, we're not going to win this as a Sp against Spain, like world champions, Euro European championships at the time. And, you know, we watched it and then USA scored a goal and it's one nil and then USA scored another goal and it's two nil. And I just love the team. I love the culture and everything that he was able to develop and work with with that team. I like that answer since you're so good at handling these tough questions. How about you could pick any player in the world, an active player right now that you could also spend time with to learn about maybe what kind of coaches he likes uh, or she likes, who would be the player that you'd like to hang out with? I would have to say, I would say Weston McKinney, just because I think he's had a really good, really interesting player path. And he went from homegrown in the States and having to learn with, you know, coaches like myself and then going to Germany and going to now Italy. I think that's a lot of experiences for an American, especially that I would, I would really value learning and getting the insight from there. All right, let's go back inside how you feel about United soccer coaches. One of the things that I love about it is it's so diverse. They have all these advocacy groups to make sure that coaches of color get opportunities, that women get opportunities, Latino coaches get opportunities the diversity part, how much does that mean to you on what United Soccer Coaches is all about? Well, I think it's great for the, the aspect you get to see different stories that you might not get to see. I've met a lot of coaches overseas, even who uh, female coaches or coaches of color or um, different backgrounds. And oftentimes their stories aren't highlighted or their coaching journeys aren't highlighted and they see what's going on in this USA and what our coaching groups are trying to do. And they have a lot of respect for it. So for me, I think that's definitely the most beneficial part is learning from people who might, who might not ever be in the spotlight as usual as much. So in addition to your beautiful wife from the Czech Republic, young Dante, who are some other names that you want to thank for getting you to where you are today, being a part of the 30 under 30, making a difference in young lives as a coach at the club level in Washington State at the high school level as well. Who are some other key mentors along the way that uh, now you've got an opportunity to thank them that uh, come to mind? Two, um, Jeff Enquist, director at PCU, Portland United Soccer Club. Great guy. And he was my one of my coaches growing up. And he got me my first real like coaching job. Worked with him for about three years, but learned a lot from him and just grew in a lot of confidence to him always be thankful for like the first opportunity and then um my other coach also growing up christopher toms taught me a lot about just not the game but life and just gave me a lot of motivation to know that i can break get back to the game and there's multiple ways to do it outside of just playing and 
yeah, I'm super thankful to both those guys for just like giving me the passion and the opportunity to, to go so far. Let's end with this, Giovanni Monroe. In 10 years, young Dante will be walking up on 11. So that might be your only focus. But I do like to ask the crystal ball question. 10 years from now, as a coach, as a young professional, with a young family, any kind of thoughts about where you want to be? Or have you not thought that far down the road? Yeah, I've thought about it. I want to lead the next kind of crop of youth U.S. national team players, You know, whether that's in the youth teams or at one of the elite clubs in the USA. But I want to be involved with where this country goes and how this country performs in soccer around the world. That is a big time answer. Giovanni Monroe, part of our 30 under 30 class. Great answers, great support. And folks, it's too bad you can't see him because the man looks like he should be on TV or maybe even a, a movie star as well. Giovanni Monroe, congrats on young Dante and your young family and your bright future. Thank you so much. When we return, we meet one more member of our 30 under 30 class to wrap up the show. It's Jose Rodriguez after this message. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm Dean Linky as we get to meet another outstanding member of our 30 under 30 class from Athens, Georgia. Sitting in his cubicle, I realize this is audio right now, but he's getting some schoolwork done as well. Jose Rodriguez. Welcome, Jose. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. And we understand I like your background because you're working as a coach in academy and you're also working as a coach in high school. And if you listen to my program, I really like the idea of kids being able to do both. You're doing both as a coach. Talk about both roles. You know, it's a very interesting um, a position to be in. You know, I, I think there's a lot of tension between club systems and high school systems. You know, uh, you got the high school coaches who get a little bit upset with, you know, methods that using club and then club coaches get a little bit upset with what they're learning in high school. But honestly, one of the best things I think that you can do, and I'm very excited to be part of, is really creating a bridge between both uh, both different worlds, both paradigms. Understanding that club is here to facilitate and help in the high school level and high school level is here to facilitate and help for the kids who are playing club. Just to let you know, there's some of the most successful high school systems here in our club, in our state, have excellent, healthy relationships with the programs that their uh, students play for. Um, so that's one of the essential things. But, you know, my role essentially now, um, I coach 12 and under girls pre-GPL, and then I coach high school boys. Very different worlds, very different characteristics. But a beauty of it is just being able to really emphasize to these 12, 12-year-olds what they have forward to look to at the high school level. And then with the high school kids, the parents and the community that I'm part of, emphasizing the necessity of receiving proper coaching at that age and seeing the, the perfection of both worlds come together. Let's make sure we give proper credit where credit is due. Name the name of the academy and the high school crystal clear so everybody knows where you're working. So uh, the club system I'm part of is Athens United Soccer Association in Athens, Georgia. Phenomenal little place in the Madison County High School is where I, I teach and coach at. A very rural school, about 15 minutes uh, east of Athens. Great, great uh, school, great programs, um, you know, and the soccer programs, it's, it's coming alive. I've been here for about four years now, so I'm pretty excited about that for sure. 
All right. So walk us through how Jose Rodriguez is currently sitting in Athens, Georgia. That's Bulldog Country, right? The University of Georgia. How did you end up there? Talk about where you were born, what club, what college you went to and get us to Athens. Yeah, man, it's a long source. I was born and raised in uh, Long Beach, California. Uh, So spent there about, you know, 12 years living there. Moved to South Carolina when I was uh, right towards the end of my middle school career, beginning of high school career. Lived in Seneca, so about 15, 20 minutes from Clemson University. My soccer career really began around that time. I never really probably organized soccer until I got to high school in South Carolina. Had the opportunity and blessing to really take part of uh, being part of Francis Mann University soccer program for about two seasons. Um, and shortly after that, I'm sure you've heard the story before, injuries came, uh, the ability to play had to stop. So I had the opportunity to really jump into coaching at a pretty young age. I was about 19, 20 years old. Um, had some phenomenal mentors along the way as a student coach. And then I would say what really got me into it was connecting with a, a phenomenal coach, Chris Christ. He had, you know, he had tenureship at Marshall University as a coach from the 90s to the early 2000s. And he took me under his wing and really just showed me all about soccer, not the, tech, the, the technical, the tactical aspect, just the managing and all that. So about, you know, the 20s, I had a really, I would say, just luck and, and uh, privilege where I was able to get involved with ODP. I was able to involve, uh, and get involved with some really good soccer clubs in Greenville, uh, South Carolina. And shortly after that is where I started to get involved with the high school scene. Uh, we moved to Athens because my wife started her PhD at UGA. She was just getting a PhD in linguistics. We moved over to Athens, Georgia, and I got involved with Athens United, involved with the high school program. I got involved with Emmanuel College, the men's soccer program as a volunteer assistant. So it's been a it's, it's been a fun roller coaster, man. A lot of fun. So, uh, but we love Athens. We're excited for what the future holds here as well. All right. Well, as I see your name, Jose Rodriguez, strong Latino name. I think about yep. Julio Serrano, who heads up the oh, yeah. Latino Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group. Are you involved with Julio at all and supporting that part of what United Soccer Coaches does? Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to get involved with it. Um, you know, I've, I've been a member with United Soccer Coaches now for about I'll say two years, and I'm really starting to get my feet wet with it. Um, it's one of my biggest passions. Um, you know, I've had the opportunity to move up to the college ranks multiple times, but I really see coaching for me as as not just an avenue to, to win sports or to coach the players, but to be a mentor in the future for more Latino coaches to join this uh, phenomenal career, um, which is one of the reasons why I absolutely wanted to be part of 30 Under 30, to give me that platform to network and create more of those connections. So um, I'm getting to know who a little better. I've been really connected with uh, John Orozco. He's been a huge, con- uh, we, we meet up at least once or twice a week and just to chat about soccer, you know, how to get connected with it. Um, so I'm excited for what the future holds with that in, in a really um, uh, excited way. So I'm excited to see what, what how I can be a role in the United Soccer Coaches Latino Advocacy Group in the near time. I'm glad you're connected with John Orozco. I'm pretty sure he's like me, a Toledo boy. He's right around Ohio, Michigan over there, right? Isn't that where he's from? He is, yeah. Last time we were on the Zoom meeting, he actually was telling me all about the snow he was having last week. So he was a little bit jealous of our 70-degree weather last week here in Georgia. All right. Well, let's uh, go down memory lane. Your greatest memory in the game so far, whether it was a player, a coach, an interaction, a special moment, or maybe just a theme about what makes you excited about doing what you do every day. The one thing that I've really enjoyed about coaching and the reason I've, I've been so motivated to stick with high school coaching is being that asset for those high school kids who don't have the kind of coaching that they deserve. For me to set up a, what I would think a very simple session 
organization, you know, you have uh, a process involved in it and they just love it because they don't get to experience that. And, and a lot of those kids are the kids who can't afford the, 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 the club system because of financial reasons. So to provide that for them, um, it takes time for me. It takes time away from my family. Uh, financially, it's not the most rewarding as well. But to just see those kids enjoy the game to its full capacity um, under some kind of management, it's what uh, I, I think that's what really motivates me every single day to just keep doing it. But, you know, there's, de there's definitely been moments of, of highs uh, along the game. I can think of plenty. I, I, you know, here at the Madison County, the program's existed for 25 years. And in my second year, it was the first time in 25 years that they made the playoffs. So that was, that was pretty exciting for them. Yeah, that was, that was a big moment for that program. All right, that's awesome. You know, I, I like that answer because uh, it's more holistic. And I feel like in today's world with this pandemic still looming with social injustice, with the political climate, I worry about high school kids. You know, both my boys, one of them's out of college, one's almost done with college. So I feel like I get lucky, but I'm really concerned about particularly the mental health side for these young kids stop and go, don't quite understand the schedule, the wearing of the mask and safety and everything else. Uh, it's important to keep an eye on these young kids, right? It is, man. You know, um, so the school we're at, it's been a challenge. It really has been. We haven't had consistency. Kids thrive off consistency. They, they thrive off structure. At our school currently, I think a couple of weeks ago, we had about 500, 600 kids quarantined, you know, 30 to 50 positive cases. So kids are fluctuating. I mean, they're everywhere. Kids are missing practice because if they're not in school, they don't have a way to get to school. Kids are being quarantined from games, so they're discouraged about even playing anymore. Uh, this year was the first year where the program didn't have a JV program just because there was very low numbers to get kids involved. So I think from a, a holistic approach, you know, we do get concerned because where are all these kids? Where, where are all these kids that we had last season that were playing? You know, uh, we know they're still in the school system, but are they doing fine mentally? Are they doing fine physically? Are they doing fine emotionally? If you're the kind of coach that cares beyond the W's and the L's, uh, it, it wears on you. You know, you want to make sure these kids are doing well in, in every way. All right. Final question. And you just fill in the blank. My name is Jose Rodriguez, and I'm proud to be a member of the 30 under 30 class for United Soccer Coaches because? Because it gives me the opportunity to open the door for many more Latino coaches who deserve the door to be open for them. So well said, Jose Rodriguez. Julio Serrano is going to want to take that statement and blow it up big time. Really a pleasure <laughs> hanging out with you. Hopefully uh, you continue to enjoy your work in Athens, Georgia, and congrats on being a member of this great class. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks for taking the time to do this with me. I, I really appreciate it. I want to thank all of our guests. Also want to thank Sean Chevrolet and Bailey Conklin and the great United Soccer Coaches family, our producer, Colin Thrash. And for each and every one of you, I'm Dean Linky. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.